Welcome, Wildcats, to Weber State Weekly, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, filling in for Colby Peterson tonight, a man who is celebrating his 15th year being the undisputed board game champion of the Lewis Family Gaming League, Sean Lewis. On the pod today, a guy who is celebrating a special 40-year anniversary this very month, Dustin Chapman. I'm a man. I'm 40. Man, I've been I've been like waiting for years, maybe dreading it, but maybe looking forward to it at the same time. It's gonna be a fun Next. <laughs> Next, a man who's celebrating the anniversary of winning the caramel onion eating contest at Alta High School, AC. Bro, they told me it was caramel apples. I take one bite. I was I was about to puke, but I said, you know what? We're gonna win this thing. Let's go. And so I won it. I ended up winning a pack of mints and a butterfingers. It was all worth it. Best prize, best trophy prize ever. And finally, a man who is celebrating the six-year anniversary of being in the largest on-campus crowd ever to see a college hoops game, Mr. John King. I was loud and obnoxious and gave Coach K quite an earful that day. On our today's show, we've got a player interview with sophomore guard uh, Segu Sosoho Juara, uh, Big Sky Player of the Week. Uh, just announced uh, with him and a great, great time talking about his time here in Ogden and, and his progression as a player. We've got a men's basketball preview with Grizz Fan Pod uh, host Mike Nugent. Grizz Fan Pod, a host, uh, part of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and he's got some good insight on what Wildcat fans can expect uh, for the trip up to uh, uh, Dahlberg Arena this weekend for for the Wildcats. And finally, a game called Lids, a game day atmosphere edition, talking about what improvements we would make to the facilities at Weber State University. But first... Uh, we need as many Wildcat fans joining us here on Weaver State Weekly as we can. Subscribe, follow, etc. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, the Twitter machine, and of course, our home for everything Weaver State, uh, WeaverStateWeekly.com, where our we've had so much content, uh, especially around signing day. Uh, get a recap of all the uh, the guys that joined the Wildcat football squad and and all of that uh, on our website. All right, joining us now is our player interview with sophomore guard and Big Sky Player of the Week, Sigu Sisoho Jawara, um, but he likes to go by Sigu. Uh, so welcome to Weaver State Weekly, Sigu. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You had a, a really fantastic weekend against the Montana State Bobcats. Um, how does it feel to, uh, to see your game advance and uh, find your stroke as a scorer in the past few weeks? Feels really good. Like I've been putting the work in, you know, and the first like four or five games, I, I was struggling, you know, my team needed me. So now I'm playing way better. My team is winning. We are winning the, the last games. So I'm very happy for it. We want to get a little bit more in your background. So uh, you joined uh, Weber State from uh, Loyola Marymount from the West Coast Conference. Right. And uh, can you kind of give us a little bit about your journey uh, from Spain to uh, the West Coast Conference and now to Weber State in the Big Sky? I mean, basketball in Europe is very different from the United States. So after before coming to LMU, I went to play to Czech Republic. I went to practice with GVA Academy. And I was there for a year. And then I got like scholarship to play in Loyola Marymount. And it was a big change for me. It was hard for me to come to a new country by myself, you know having my family uh, all the way back to Spain. And it was tough last year as a freshman. Some games I was getting like a lot of minutes, other games I wasn't playing at all. So I learned a lot from it, you know, but that wasn't my, my place. So I decided to transfer. I really like these coaches here. Coach Ray, I love all of them. So I feel really comfortable here. And I think I did the right thing. 
uh, in transferring. I'd like to know a little bit more about that transfer. So you, you leave LMU, you come here, you're immediately put in the starting lineup. It's kind of culminated in this last week, your big sky player of the week. Was there something about changing programs from LMU to Weber State that you thought was uh, particularly difficult? I'll say no. Like all the difficult things that I had to like go through, that's been in LMU. So like coming here to Weaver, it was way easier for me. I already had the experience of like college. When you come as a freshman from Europe, it's very hard for, for everyone, you know? And it was really hard for me. But like coming to Weaver was like much easier. I knew how like all the things was. So I think I, I was adapted very well to this program. You mentioned, we've, we've talked to Michael Kozak about this a little bit, but you mentioned the difference between European basketball and in American basketball, what what is the difference? What, what is different about playing in Europe as opposed to playing here? To be honest, I think Europe is like more like as a team. You know what I mean? Europe, like people, like uh, I don't know how to say, like coaches, they want like more ball movement and stuff. You know, college here is like all also coaches here like ball movement and stuff, but it's it's not like the same. I mean, I can't explain it. It's just like when you play, you already can feel it. It's like different. Kind of going along with your journey, Sigu, um, you you said that you, after, you know, finishing playing basketball in Spain, you went and played ball in the Czech Republic for a year. Is that something that's um, that's normal for, you know, people to do where you, um, do from Spain um, to go play ball in Czech Republic before they come to America? Like, is that is that something that normally happens? That's normally it doesn't happen. There was only one guy that I know. He from he was from the same city, from the same city like Mataró. He went to Czech Republic like was like five years ago, and he was the only one. But then after I did it, there's like three more Spanish uh, guys that they went to play the same academy. So like that's great for me. That means like uh, people like what I did. You know, they saw that, that I have a, I had an opportunity to come play D1 here. So like those guys in Spain, they've been texting me and they was they was asking me like, is, is it worth it like to go all the way to Czech Republic to play in GBA, to get like scholarships to play in the United States? And I was like, Yeah, like my year in GBA, I learned a lot of things and that's helping me nowadays. So kind of going along with that, so you pretty much had like four basketball journeys. So you've played basketball in Spain, Czech Republic, Big Sky, and the West Coast Conference. So what do you think where do you think it's been the most difficult um, to become adjusted to playing your style of basketball? Like what, and in, in which area? I would say the most difficult one was last year. Like obviously because like I was a freshman, you know, I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things on the court. So it was like kind of tough, you know, my role was changing from a game to the next game. One game, I was a starter. Then next game I wasn't playing. And then I was back like being a starter. So I was confused. I didn't know like, my spot in the team so yeah that, that that was really hard and obviously when i came here to weaver the first games i wasn't like uh showing what i can do but like i stayed positive you know i was talking to the coaches they was like we know that you are really good so just keep playing keep making plays for your teammates keep helping them and you know and your work is going to show it's going to show like in the future and it's showing right now so stigu things kind of they, I mean, you've had good games for Weber State before, but in this last week, things kind of really clicked for you, right? Like you were shooting lights out and everything. And so I, I think that we've kind of been getting a glimpse of what the coaches have seen in you um, all this time. 
I, I'd like to hear from you, though. What do you think the strengths to your basketball game are? What, what do you think that you do well? The most important thing is I can play for, I can make play, play from my teammates, you know? I can get the ball and get my teammates shots. And that's like my mentality before the game. I don't go into the game thinking like, uh, I want to score 25 today. That's not my goal. My goal, I talk always with Coach Marek, one of the assistant coaches, and our goal is like, play defense, make plays for your teammates, and then everything will come. And when I start making plays for my teammates, then defense, start worrying about that. And then I, I find myself, you know, open. So I just score. Sigu, what has been the biggest uh, adjustment uh, off the basketball court coming from Spain to the United States and specifically to Ogden? I'll say language, obviously. It's like I've been uh, speaking English for two years since I came to, like, when I went to GBA, that's when I started, like, speaking a little bit English. And then last year in LMU. So this is, like, the beginning of my third year. And that's been, like, tough, you know, going to classes. Like, last year, like, there was no COVID. So I had to go to the, the class. And sometimes it was, like, hard, you know? Sure, so, like, sure. I, I, was, I was a freshman. My English wasn't good. So, yeah, that was, that was tough. But I got used to it, like, pretty quick. You know, I still obviously have to improve. But I feel much comfortable. So I'll say that was that was the biggest thing. Wait a sec. You've only been speaking English for three years? Yeah, this is the beginning of the third year. That's imp- that is impressive, brother. <laughs> there's there's a few of us on the panel here that have learned other languages and you're uh you speak very well. You speak very good English for you speak fantastic, yeah. For for being the start thank of that you, third year, you. man. I congrats, I, that's awesome. Seriously, way to go. <laughs> Some of us on the panel are still trying to get our English for the first language down. Seriously, that, that's impressive, man. Way to go. So a couple questions for me. Number number one, what, what was the recruiting process like? I mean, how, how I know it was a weird year with, with COVID and everything, but how did the coaches recruit you and, and, and what, ended, what ultimately made you want to come to Ogden? I mean, my coaches in GVA Academy in Czech Republic, they knew Coach Ray because of Michael Kozak. You know, he comes from the same academy. So uh, I was talking to them, to my coaches. I have like a close relationship and I was like, I'm not very happy right now, you know what I mean? And like, they just fired my coach. I don't know who's coming in. So I'm just, I just want to put my name in the transfer portal and see what happens. So I put my name in the transfer portal and one of the coaches called me and he was like, uh, Weaver State, they're like very interested in you. They they know you from last year. Uh, coach Ray went to Czech Republic and he saw me play. But like they, I think they had all the scholarship. Like uh, all the scholarship was like full, so he didn't have like a spot for me. That was that was late. Like, like when I was EVA, that was late. And my coach called me. He was he was like, yeah, like I had some other offers from Big Sky mainly, but some other conferences. But he was like, Weaver State really likes you. They really they really like how you play, and that would be like a good spot for you. So I started talking to Coach Ray, Coach Marek, and stuff. And then I was like, I decided, like, this was my place. Sigu, just switching gears here a little bit. Um, talk to me about, uh, let's talk some soccer. I, I I noticed you grew up outside of Barcelona. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I assume that you're a big Barca fan. But but I also see that you're wearing a, a PSG shirt. To talk, to us about, talk to us a little bit about your love of soccer, because there, there's a lot, lot, of, lot of people even on this panel that are, that are big, big European soccer fans. I mean, I grew up playing, I played soccer before playing basketball, but like I grew up with all my, all my friends played soccer. I was the only one who was playing basketball. 
So like a lot of a lot of days I was going to practice and then after practice I was hanging out with my with my friends playing soccer basically every day. So it was for me it felt like I was playing two sports, you know what I mean? And we was watching all games. I'm a big fan of Barcelona, that's my team, but like I have as you see like PSD shirt, I have Manchester City shirt. I just love soccer. I watch a lot of like Champions League and all that. So it's like I'll say that's like my second sport for me. So why, what made you choose basketball? I mean, I, as a European, I, you know, that soccer is obviously the first sport. So what, what, what made you dovetail into basketball instead of, instead of attempting to play soccer? Yeah. When I was younger, I started playing soccer, but I was very tall, you know, from my age. So my mother was like, uh, you should go basketball. You are like very tall. And I was like, no, nah, I don't like basketball. And she was like, just try it one day. I went to practice one day and I was like, I actually, I actually like it, you know? So I just stayed in basketball and I love it. Figure, who, who, who's your favorite player? Soccer player? Yes. Messi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, is there any other answer from a kid that's from outside of Barcelona? Come on. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you, 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 might, you, you might switch it up. You, you, you never know. I mean, yeah. you know. Me- probably- Messi's like... Messi's like God for us. I mean, if, if, I mean, if I was from outside Barcelona, I mean, I think I would have been a Shafi fan. I mean, that, that that he was always my favorite player to play for Barcelona. So you know, you, you know, you have all sorts of you know different answers. Messi, that sound you heard Messi's was uh, was everybody clicking off to Grizz Fan Pod and, and switching over right now with all the soccer talk. <laughs> we're we're going to break. We're going to break down their group face in Champions League and their yeah. in, in like, we, maybe, maybe during the summer, fellas. Hey, maybe hey, during hey. the summer. One quick thing. I mean, we've got an American that plays for uh, um, for Barcelona now, Ansu Fati. So you know, we're 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 coming in the world. You know, watch out, World Cup twenty twenty six. We'll see. We'll see. That's my, what my coach says. Coach Duff always been saying that. He said, "Like, watch out for twenty twenty six." So, so this right. is actually this is actually a random question, but is anybody else on the hoops team like soccer? Because we've talked, you know, we talked to most of the guys, and they're all about playing two K in their free time. And I'm always like, man, I want to play some FIFA. I'll, I'll, I'll show you guys. <laughs> we'll show I, you I got FIFA right here. <laughs> but does anybody else on the team play too? Uh, David is a Kweski. He's from Netherlands. I don't uh, know if he plays FIFA. I don't think so, but like he likes soccer. We've been talking about soccer a lot of times. So I think all right. So you go, we, one. We, we need to wrap up here. So we got to ask just a couple more questions just to get through. And these are just quick hits, just one word answers. Um, Favorite food in Ogden uh, since you've been here? Where's your Where's your favorite place to go hang out and, and get some grub? I know it's been hard during pandemic. You're locked up at home. But if you're going to takeout, mm-hmm. where, where, what are you getting? Takeout, usually when I go with my, my roommates, we just go like Chick-fil-A or Wingstop. And that's free advertising for both of those uh, fine establishments uh, here on the Big Sky Podcast Network and Weber State Weekly. Uh, thank you for those. And then uh, what do you miss about home the most? Family and friends, obviously. I really miss them. It's been hard to like live without them. Well, uh, fans, uh, thank you, Sigu, for showing up and and being a part of Weber State Weekly today. Um, and uh, wish you all the best. Congratulations on your Big Sky Player of the Week honors. Um, had a great weekend against Montana State, and look forward to much more success throughout the rest of the season, especially as we, as we play the uh, Montana Grizzlies uh, this weekend in uh, Bozeman. Thank you. Appreciate you all. Hey, Wildcat fans, if you're a small business owner looking to promote your business on Weber State Weekly, we've got some good news. We're looking for sponsors that care as much about what's going on up on campus as we do. We can plug your business on our show, in our new email newsletter, or even in our live instant reaction shows on social media. For more info, send us an email at weberstateweekly at gmail.com for pricing and more information. 
All right. Thanks once again to sophomore guard and big sky player of the week, Sigu Sissoho Jawara for that uh, conversation. Uh, hopefully he's got a great uh, week ahead of him up in Missoula, Montana against the Grizz this weekend. Now we bring in uh, for a preview of those games against the Grizz uh, men's basketball preview with Grizz fan pod host Mike Nugent and uh, the Grizz fan pod is a fellow member of the Big Sky Podcast Network uh, where you can hear all the podcasts for the Big Sky fan in your life and uh, Mike uh, welcome to Weber State Weekly and uh, uh, what we hope is friendly turf for you even though we're probably going to make fun of you throughout this interview uh, because you know Weber State Weber State great 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 hold on now Weber is my adopted team for the spring football season. So I feel like you got to give me at least a little bit of just, you know, this is new. We will give you a right little now. bit of depth for that. We got to be nice. Sean. I'm, I went on nice. the record, went on the record early with you guys on that front. Uh, Mike, let's, let's get to talk about this weekend. The Grizz have struggled offensively. Uh, what's going wrong for them this year? Why can't they get it going on the offensive side of the ball? Part of the problem is if you look at this kind of run of success and coach Shakir is in his seventh year and, up until this year, he had the highest winning percentage in Big Sky Conference games. He probably still does, but I feel like at the end of the year, he might not. You know, they've never been a great offensive team in this era. They've just always been so good at defense, and they've had kind of enough good players to carry it. And even last year with Saeed Pridget and stuff, he kind of had got put in that role where he was kind of the guy. But that's been unusual for a Dakir coach team. And this year, they just don't have it. I mean, there just isn't somebody who can consistently carry the offensive load and it shows. So I think that's kind of the the top reason, but I don't know what it is. Something's just not clicking. I mean, you guys, some of you who, you know, we, we message back and forth and I just, I'm at a loss to explain it anymore because they just don't do some things that I think would be so obvious and they don't seem to change things up. So it's like, it's almost like coach Dakir has got some huge message he's driving home that none of us understand and it's almost wasting the season. So who knows? Hey, Mike, I, I got a quick question for you. So as an outsider, I got the impression that expectations for this Montana team were a little bit high. And so I, I'd like to get your take on how this team is performing in relation to what the expectations were in the preseason. So I think expectations were high. And really, if you look at the way they're, they're, their season is gone. If they had one player even being semi-competent regularly on offense, they'd be near the top of the conference. They've got a lot of one, two possession losses. But I think the biggest thing is, is Stedman hasn't been the offensive guy people thought he was going to be when he was redshirting last year. And whether that was kind of misplaced hope, or he's not meeting expectations, I'm not sure. But I think that people thought that he would kind of anchor an offensive attack with some other young guys and then kind of open up opportunities and stuff like that. But that just hasn't happened. You talked about, you know, um, some of the expectations being high and, you know, going into the season. So where would you get, where do you think that you guys would want to be seeding wise, you know, to try to make a run here in the Big Sky Tournament here in a couple of weeks? I mean, I, I think if you can get into that, that, uh, first round by territory, you're always better off. I think the big sky is tough because if you don't get a buy, you're basically playing four out of five days, right? I mean, it's a rough, um, it's, it's a rough. tough road to hoe. Yeah. So, I mean, if they could somehow sneak into that, um, you know, I'd like to think they have a chance, but uh, you know, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I, 
I'll cheer for him the whole way begrudgingly and probably it'll be bad for my health. But, you know, I've just watched enough of this that I just don't, I, earlier in the year, I thought, okay, you know, a, a corner can be turned, but something's just not clicking. Like something would really have to change. And honestly, it could be Weber coming in and if they could somehow put something together and, you know, make this weekend better than we might all expect it to be for them, maybe that turns things around, but it just doesn't seem like there's that guy on offense to kind of lead the way and make that change. So I'm not sure. I hate to be a pessimist, but. So Mike, I, I got a twofold question for you and it's basically the same question, just, just from two different perspectives. Who's the guy that uh, if Montana pulls off a miracle and beats the Wildcats this weekend, one, one game or even two games, who's the guy that's going to beat us. And then the obverse of that, Who's the guy on Weber State that scares you as a Grizz fan the most? You guys have five guys that could be the leading scorer on the Grizz right now, I think. <laughs> so let's just go with all of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate to be that broad, but we just had a score. Um, I, I think, honestly, I mean, like, Stedman's the easy answer because it's like he's he's got a pedigree where he can put it together. He's going to transfer. Um, but I think we've got a couple freshmen, Brandon Whitney or, um, or Robbie Beasley. And if one of those two – gets hot. I think that's where it happens. I mean, Robbie Beasley, the other thing is he's great at free throws. So it's like, if he gets the line, all of a sudden he'll get 10, 11, 12 points on the line. And you're just like, how did that happen? So I think if, if it goes well, it's going to be one of those things. Mike, you mentioned the name, you mentioned Brandon Whitney and um, we have a freshman here in Ogden, Dylan Jones, and we're pretty high on him. And when I talk to people around the conference, those are kind of the two names that come up for Big Sky Freshman of the Year, Dylan Jones, Brandon Whitney. Tell us a little bit about Brandon Whitney. What does he bring to the Grizz? You know, I mean, as he's gotten comfortable, he he obviously he brings um, some consistent scoring for us. You know, it's nice to be getting some points there. Um, but, you know, he, he shoots a little bit better percentage than some of the guys on the team. Um, he's putting in good minutes. I mean, I think that just as the season's gone on, he's gotten more consistent where it's like, if we had those two playing at this level from the start, maybe things would be a little bit different. So I think that what he brings right now is just consistency when we need it. You know, nothing flashy on this team. Like, I wish there was like a, he brings this, but we, we don't have that right now. Mike, how has the home court advantage been without fans? Uh, to me, Dahlberg Arena is outside of the Purple Palace, maybe even above the Purple Palace is the toughest place to play. Um, how's it been without fans this year? You know, I think it really is affecting them. I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's the reason that they're having this weird season, but some of these games that they've lost at home by like a possession or something like that, it, they wouldn't have happened if there were fans there. You know, it's like a, a good, a good rabid fan base that that's really into it. And I know you all can kind of say the same thing. I, I think that'll get you a couple of possessions and a couple of mistakes. So I, I think it's made a difference. And I think that, um, you know, Travis is a guy that has always fed off of crowd energy at home. Like he gets into it and the team kind of feeds off him and gets into it. So I definitely think that's part of it. Have they, uh, have they let any fans in yet? No. And I'd be kind of surprised if we, if we do Missoula is, how do I want to say this? Uh, the, probably the kind of leader, if you will, in, um, um, in kind of health departments taking it seriously in the state of Montana. So um, I, I would be surprised if, if they get fans at any point. And then uh, one more qu uh, question, Mike, before we uh, transition on just some football stuff. Um, 
Montana, you said earlier, has had a very good defense um, the entire year, um, especially defending teams from shooting from beyond the arc, only allowing like 29% shooting for opponents beyond the arc. Um, Weaver State goes into this game, you know, pretty good three-point shooting team. What's been the key to success for, you know, you you guys limiting um, that that part of people's games, you know, throughout the season? They've got a lot of energy on the defensive side, which is interesting because the, the offense we're running this year is like, hold the clock at one point Brian more so a tubs of, a tubs of the club the Idaho podcast did like a breakdown of big sky conference offenses and Montana was holding the ball longer than like anybody in the league outside of maybe um it doesn't matter um so it's like a, just a, this contrast where on offense they are just slow and and almost too deliberate like people are afraid to take a chance but on defense they're kind of in your face and that's something that that Takir has been kind of a staple of his whole time. So I think that part of that is that they're just not giving as many non-contested threes, though they do happen. And especially if they get, um, if people start making good penetrations in the paint and they have to adjust, then all of a sudden the threes are open. So there have been times in these games that we've lost where we were winning in the last two minutes and stuff like that, where all of a sudden the team figured out, Hey, you know, look like you're driving it in and, and knock it out to the side. And all of a sudden they hit down a three. So, I mean, I think it's just kind of, um, I think it's really just the pressure and being up in their face, just young, young, quick guards. So Mike, let's transition to football for just a second uh, before we let you go. And uh, I, one, one of the things that really gets me, we, we kind of hinted about this with the rivalry earlier. Uh, obviously, Weber fans think that a basketball championship in the Big Sky is our birthright. Uh, Montana fans think that a football championship in, in the Big Sky is your birthright. Uh, how salty have you guys been that Weber has taken the last three titles and, and kept it out of your hands uh, from the Grizz? You know, less salty than the fact that we've lost the Cats for four years in a row. Um, <laughs> good answer. Good but, answer. But I mean, you know, Montana and football for the last decade, I'm just happy that we're back competitively in the conversation. <laughs> we had a rough couple of years there. Well, and, and a lot of that has been, you know, Bobby Hout coming back. Um, for, for for Weber fans that may not understand, take us through that journey. What, what, what was it like getting him back in the process and how's it been having him back as the head coach? So the, the interesting thing about him being back is that, you know, love him or hate him. And, and it is easy to hate Bobby Houck. I mean, he's everything that your rival coach would, you know, you would despise a rival coach. He doesn't care. He just doesn't respect people, even though behind the scenes, he respects everybody. And he's like friends with most of the coaches in the league. But um, I think that, you know, he never won a national championship here. So the whole idea of like unfinished business, but I mean, he got the three title games and, and, you know, that program at that era was about as dominant as a program can be falling short of winning the national championship. It was like the Braves. Um, and some of my best memories of football are, are, you know, semifinal games in the snow, you know, where, where Montana ended app States three-year run as national champions and, you know, Monte Edwards last game of his college football career. So it's like, bring that back, especially kind of after what UM had gone through for the previous eight years, I guess, um, was interesting, but he's got some baggage and it also is a completely different style than what um, the Stitt experience was trying to run. And that was just kind of a failed experiment there. He was a good guy, but it just, it didn't work out. So we had this roster full of 
awesome wide receivers of which we've, you know, we've got a few of them, but no, no men on the lines. And I think that honestly, for where we were at the end of year two, to get to the, you know, get to the final eight and lose to lose to Weber at Weber in the, you know, in the round of eight there was probably a year ahead of schedule. So I think that there's just optimism. It's like, Hey, you know, his recruiting style kind of fits Montana a little bit more, go out, go out and get big guys who are tough. And that's the way we have to win because we're not going to out athlete most of the schools in the big sky, honestly. I mean, look at your current football recruiting class. Like I think that it's easier to recruit athletes to some, some of the other schools. And so Montana has to, has to kind of go that other route and stick got away from it for whatever reason. So it's exciting to kind of think like, Hey, we might be heading back in that direction. But the flip side is, you know, a guy on his second tenure here, is he going to modernize things or is it like this is his retirement job that he realizes it was a great gig and we're just going to be stagnant yet to see. So, so Mike, we've got to wrap up. Thank you so much for, for joining us on Weaver state weekly. And I got to tell you, um, beating Montana at Montana uh, a couple of years ago, uh, for the Weber State football team, I, it really felt like the Bulls beating uh, the Pistons back in the '90s. We're we talking about that fumble that on the goal line in overtime. I mean, maybe, maybe. You know, but, uh, at the point that was the worst fumble near the goal line I'd ever experienced. But of course, you know, there was a worst one a couple of years later. But I remember that with, oh gosh, it'll be our third. Uh, Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> but that that was just getting over the hump of, of Weavers getting in the title and actually being true title contenders because we couldn't beat Montana. Montana was what stood in our way. And uh, that to, to me, that was what got us into to our current uh, trajectory. So and I know uh, you guys got to run, but I would say, you know, it's it's been fun. And that was a fun game. But, you know, I've been down to Weaver twice since then. Um, Brent, one of my co-hosts, and I came down for – a regular season game and we we're on the sideline and then we were at that playoff game and I Weber's great. I mean, I kind of intend for to go to Weber every time we play. And I wish the big sky had us playing each other every year because I mean, you guys are one of the fun programs to, to shrink the sky. To Let's get that exactly. Shrink, shrink the sky. sky. Shrink. So it's reciprocated. We'd yeah. love to be playing Montana too. Yeah. yeah. So I love the, the trajectory Weber football's on. I think it's a lot of fun. All right. Thank you. Uh, Grizz Fan Pod host Mike Nugent, thank you for coming to join us. Uh, of course, Grizz Fan Pod is part of the Big Sky Podcast Network, which Weaver State Weekly is a part of. They welcomed us with, with open arms, and uh, we thank you for that. Uh, and, and good luck to the Grizz. We hope you lose two games this weekend, but uh, wish you success uh, throughout the rest of the season, other than when you're playing uh, the boys from Ogden. Fair enough. Thanks, guys. Hey, Wildcat fans, this episode of Weber State Weekly is sponsored by Wildcat Rack. If you're looking for one-of-a-kind, officially licensed Weber State apparel, Wildcat Rack is the place. All the designs and apparel are made right here in Weber County by people who know and love the purple and white. Check out the latest designs by going to their website, wildcatrack.com, and be sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram for new designs and sneak peeks as they become available. Now, back for more Weber State Weekly. Thank you again to uh, Grizz Fan Pod host Mike Nugent for joining us. Um, some good information there. We're going to move into a game called Lids. But this is uh, our C Block tonight is sponsored by WildcatRack.com, your home for the best Wildcat gear on the internet. Uh, WildcatRack.com. Uh, get your uh, T-shirt. I think there's going to be a hoodie coming out soon, just in time for football season. Uh, some of the best gear. It's comfortable. The T-shirts are great. Uh, stuff for the whole family wildcatrack.com so fellas tonight we're going to play a game called lids you're going to put on your ad hat for weber state uh fans are starting to return to the purple palace and hopefully uh with some good news we're going to be able to sit in stewart stewart stadium for some spring football so 
we want to know what is the one thing you would do to improve the game day atmosphere at both venues, the D event center and Stewart stadium. I'm going to start with Mr. John King. All right. Well, you guys are going to have to bear with me a little bit here because it has been a hot minute since I've been in Ogden for a live game. So I'm kind of, you know, thinking about some things when I was there going to every game and you know what I would have improved. But the, the biggest thing for me has been like, we need a better organized student section presence, in my opinion. I mean, everywhere I've kind of been, um, whether that was at, you know, at Syracuse or, you know, going to games at Penn State, Maryland, UVA growing up, everything had like a huge, every, every school had a really, really organized student section where like, you know, members of the student body were appointed to be leaders. Like, and it was just very, very, into that. I, I, I never really noticed that with the destruction. So, you know, I think at, at Weber State. And so, you know, I think that it's, I think that would be a huge, huge thing for home, you know, court advantage, home field advantage. And I understand, you know, Weber State's a commuter school. I get that, all that kind of stuff. But that would be one thing, you know, I'd really like the athletic department to do is to make a concerted effort, find a group of, you know, 10, 12 core people who can be leaders and lead those things. And then, build out from there and then before you you know before you know it you can really really grow that and it'd be really nice to just have a bunch of crazy you know wildcat students just hollering and making things you know making things like health for the opposing teams i love that i love that weaver does need a better student section presence uh it's been a problem for my uh 20 plus years being associated with the university um i i don't know what the solutions are to, to improving that atmosphere, but uh, having a, a good student section for games other than the in-state games. We get a lot of students out for the games against BYU. Uh, Utah State comes to town. Uh, we get a lot of people out and a lot of students out, but we need games on a, on the Thursday night when we're playing Sac State in the Purple Palace. That's when you need a good student section. AC, what is the one thing you would do to improve the game day atmosphere at the Purple Palace or at Stewart Stadium? So I'm going to piggyback off of John real quick, John King, excuse me, real quick before I get into my uh, my point. But I'm with John King 100%, the student section. I'm calling on the students of Weber State University. Listen to AC. I'm begging you, please, organize a student section. Get a game day shirt going. Make this thing official. The destruction needs to be at these games. We've got awesome teams. Y'all need to be there. My point, I'm, all right, I'm AD now. I'm going to say it's kind of similar to John King. I want the band, a lot of people hate the band. I want the band at every game. They weren't at hardly any of the basketball games last year, and I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And I'll tell you what. I went up to the Smurf turf in Boise, Idaho. I was a neutral fan, right? My friend's a Utah State fan. He wanted me to tag along to go to the, the Potato Bowl against Ohio University, not the Ohio State, Ohio University. And guess what? Ohio they had a lit band. That thing was awesome. And they're all over YouTube. They are so good. And I'm telling you, that's one of the best halftime shows I've ever seen. So immediately you get a boost to your attendance. You get a boost to the, the pageantry of college football, college basketball. And so we got to get a band. We got we to gotta invest in the band. Get these guys out to every single game. Because guess what? They're students too. And they want their, they want their teams to win. Get the band involved. Let's get them out to every single game. I, I, I want to piggyback on that just a little bit, AC. I, more than one time, I've been to Stewart Stadium when Northern Colorado has brought their band, which is twice the size of Weber State's and puts puts our band to shame. And and I, 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 I'm I a big fan of the neutral site Big Sky Tournament. I know Chappie and I disagree on this. 
it is way more fun with the Idaho pep band in at that arena uh, playing and taunting and doing everything. They are fans. They are great. Weber never brings the band. We, we rarely have the pep band unless we're playing in the title game. Bring the bands. I, it should be required. I, I'm, I'm all in on that. Dustin Chapman, what's the one thing you would do to improve game day atmosphere at Weber's facilities? So I, I don't want to pile on the students because I was the same. Like when I'm going to school, I mean, last thing, you know, I went, I did go to some games, but you know, I was working 40 hours a week and I know a lot of students are in that same place, but I don't know. You can't tell me that out of 27,000 students or 28, whatever we're up to now that, you know, there's not more than a hundred that, <laughs> that want to show up to, to any game. But anyway, students, I get it. It's hard. I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to pile on you. Um, if I were going to, going to change a couple things, uh, I would, I, I'm going to go with both places. The D event center, the D event center just needs better concessions. Okay. And not just better concessions, but like a better POS system, which is the system you run your credit card through. Like I, I always That's have a point joke. Of sale, not, yes, the not point the of other sale. Acronym. That's right. Thank you. What's the other acronym? It's a point of the fa- It's a yeah. family show, AC. We can't. Yeah, yeah I'm not doing that. Oh, okay. Tell but, me after. <laughs> we'll educate you. But, um, you know, I always make the joke that my, my, my daughters love to go to Weaver State basketball games with me because they, they know they're, gonna, they're getting ice cream, right? So we always go out with about 10 minutes left in the first half. And no joke, we, 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 we usually get back with about 10 minutes left in the second half. So we spend a majority of the time waiting in line just to get ice cream, you know, and, and a lot of it is when you run your card through, it takes like 10 minutes. (laughs) So anyway, concessions overall at the D event center just need to be better and faster and quite frankly, more family friendly places to get refills for your drinks. um, Just quick things to grab your kids where you don't have to stand in line. Like there's a lot of things that they could do there to improve that. So that's, that's, that's my thing there for football. It's simple. We need more freaking people in the stands. (laughs) Okay. I don't know how to improve that marketing, whatever, but it's time, you know, it's, it's time. The point I had made on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and I will make it again to anybody within the ears of this podcast, you didn't pay $20,000 to get a piece of paper from Utah or BYU. You you paid $20,000 to get a piece of paper from Weber State University. So, so put your Weber gear on and show up. All right. I don't even care if you got the piece of paper, if you've paid anybody to Weber State, you should be showing up. Uh, That's just me. Um, so, uh, the one thing that I, I would improve, uh, at, at the stadium, uh, I agree with what everybody has said. Um, but I, I'm going to go, uh, here just a second. Um, I want chair back seats at the stadium, right? That's what I would improve to the atmosphere. Um, and conversely chair back seats at the stadium. I want to reduce capacity at the D. Um, and, and the way that I want to do that is you got to get rid of the scholarship fee, on tickets um many people don't know this but the first 20 rows of the purple palace are are reserved for those that pay the scholarship fee and i know that that's a great thing the wildcat club does great things uh they get scholarships i I know what it's for but you're not getting people to sit closer to the floor in the palace because they don't want to pay that extra 50 dollars per ticket i'm buying six season tickets for my family every year and i don't want to pay an extra 300 dollars for the right to sit two rows ahead of where i'm sitting now when half the time, three quarters of the time, I can walk in, sit in my seats and two minutes later, walk in and walk five or 10 rows down because nobody's sitting there. So you got to reduce the amount of seats that are uh, uh, lower the rows where the scholarship fee is required and then put chair backs in the, in Stewart stadium. Um, so we all don't have to lug our stadium seats and, and take out more room. 
than than what we've got there. Uh, and I've got lots of things that I could talk about there. And I've probably been as guilty as anyone. So uh, finally, for lids tonight, um, you get to uh, pick concessions at the D. Um, any company is fair game. Uh, what do you want to eat at the Purple Palace, John King? Well, you know, I've 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 kind of stand for this this group ever since this podcast began. Um, the pie pizza. That's all, all, all I care about. The best, my favorite part about living in Ogden was going to the pie pizza. And, you know, if, if I, 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 they would be at every game. Like if, 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 if it was up to me, I love that place. I say to this day as someone who's lived in New York, someone who's lived, you know, all over the East coast, um, uh, who's lived in Utah to this day, the pie pizza is the best pizza that I've ever had in my entire life. I love it. I want to eat it all the time. It sucks that I haven't been able to do so in three years. And I would have that at every game. <laughs> Producer Dan, you got that 25-second clip there that we can sell to the pie for sponsorship on this show. Uh, just just keep that in, in the back pocket. AC, what's the one food that you're bringing in? Or what one concessionaire do you want to bring into the Purple Palace? John King's onto something here. So the biggest student section we had last year at the D was the Montana game. And you want to know why they were handing out pizza. Everybody in the student section got pizza and they're just passing it back row by row, passing back the pizza. So John King's onto something. I like it. Me personally, I'm going anything chicken related. Right. And so I'm saying that because Utah loves chicken. Let's go. We love our chicken here. And I'll tell you what, you got a few good places you can choose from. Right. But also, I don't know if y'all remember, just a couple years ago at the Utah Jazz Games, they turned a chicken promotion into something that got the crowd super involved and hyped in, like, crunch time, right? It was if if the opposing missed two team free misses throws, two free throws two free in the fourth, fourth quarter, quarter yeah. Yeah. then guess what? Free chicken for everybody. So y'all get chicken. You're going to boost your sales. You're going to make the fan experience better, and you can do some hype promo to get the fans involved in this thing. So I'm telling you, people love chicken. Let's get chicken. I'm all in. I'm all in. Uh, Dustin Chapman, I'm going to put a rule on you for your concession. Uh, unless you're smoking the meats, we can't have smoked meats in the Purple Palace. You got you to do something else. Because I, I, And I say that because you want to watch the games, not spend the whole time smoking the meats. The smoking the meats all happens like the day before. By game time, you're just tired, but you, you've, you've done all the cooking. And AC, I, I, you're... you're your take there just reminds me of like Jackie Moon handing out corn dogs. You got to give corn dogs to all these people, Jackie. <laughs> and that's an semi-pros and underrated movie, by the way. Um, for me, if I was going to do concessions of basketball specifically, um, I don't know. I don't even know how this is possible. But to me, it's a logistics issue at the D Event Center because the way the arena is built and it's all concrete, I think it's it's very difficult to expand the concession areas to make them a little bit more restaurant friendly or anything that is other than just bring food in. I don't know that they can do that because of the way the arena is built. So if I were to have, um, and I know that's the contractor in me coming out, but if I were to do something, I would try to do a little bit what they do at football, but maybe block off one of the, um, one of the entrance exit areas and have, you know, like a food truck rally, have something out there where there's, you know, something where people can go outside, get something from a food truck real quick and come back in. Now, Obviously, the logistical difficulty is of that is that we're in the middle of winter in Utah, and and I get that. But um, with the with the restrictions we have and and the the uh, structural restrictions, maybe that the arena presents, that seems like the best idea to me. Maybe tent it up or something like that. But that's what I would do. Just give more more options for food and and have them be food trucks. I, I love the food truck idea. I I, I really do. Um, I, for my concession, um, I'm going to go back in time. 
when when we were first married and attending games at the Purple Palace, there's a Polynesian family that had one of the concession stands um, up at by the north doors. They did funnel cakes that were out of this world, and you could put a bevel of toppings on them. Uh, that family moved away, and uh, and uh, no more funnel cakes at the Purple Palace. That's what I want. I want more funnel cakes at the Purple Palace. It just brings me back. All right, guys, a game called Lids. Thank you so much uh, for playing that game, and thank you to WildcatRack.com for sponsoring uh, the the game tonight. Wildcat fans, we got some upcoming games and events this week as we wrap up our show. Uh, this upcoming Thursday, February 11th, we got basketball, both men's and women's. The men are at Montana. The women are home versus Montana. Uh, 5 p.m. tip on Pluto TV and 103 won the wave for the men. 6 p.m. tip on Pluto TV for the women. On Friday, uh, we're getting softball season. Spring softball starting up. We've got games versus Oregon and Grand Canyon uh, at the Grand Canyon kickoff in Phoenix. And then uh, versus Grand Canyon at 3 p.m. Uh, Oregon at 10 a.m. and Grand Canyon at 3 p.m. for Mary Kay Amicone and her uh, uh, Big Sky. I believe they're the reigning Big Sky champion softball. Uh, Four-time defending champ. Say it with your chest, Sean. Four-time defending champion, uh, Big Sky champion, uh, Mary uh, softball. And then volleyball versus Southern Utah, uh, the non-rival rival uh, at home in the Swenson gym. Uh, against Southern Utah, 6 p.m. at Pluto TV on Friday. And then on Saturday, big sporting event day, we've got softball at 11 a.m., women's basketball at noon, softball at 1.30 p.m., men's basketball at 2.30 p.m., volleyball at 4 p.m., a great day to be a Wildcat. You can sit in front of your couch on Pluto TV and watch most of those uh, and, and catch the Wildcats in action all day long on Saturday. Thank you, friends, for joining us for Wildcat Weekly or Weber State Weekly. Sorry, uh, messing up the name of the show. I can't. You guys got to fire me. We need Colby back. Suspension, um, Colby. Colby. Colby only gets one anniversary a year, apparently. <laughs> That's right. Uh, find us at WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com for your hot takes. Be a part of the show. Contact us. Find us on Facebook.com slash Weber State Weekly, on Twitter at Weber State Weekly, Instagram at Weber State Weekly, and of course our blog where everything happens, our home on the interwebs, WeberStateWeekly.com. Thank you so much, Wildcat fans. Have a great week, and we'll end it as we always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. Happy anniversary, Colby. Weber State Weekly is a Deep State Media production. It's produced by Colby Peterson. It's directed and edited by Dan Martinez. 